0: Listening to the Testudo Times podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode eighty of the Testudo Times podcast. If I sound strange, it's because your humble host has been mourning Mellow Trimble's departure from Maryland. By taking lots and lots of cold medicine, these two things are actually unrelated. But when you put them together, they sound like they might be related. A couple of people are joining us. First of all, Thomas, uh, when the news came, what did you do? Did you listen to My Heart Would Go On?
1: Um, no, I, I, I didn't actually do that. Um, Whitney you What happened... No, I didn't actually play anything. I think I think I had some other music just on already, and then you know I. Was you know, it was right in between classes, but it was at a at a time where, you know, we had a story prepped and you saw the news and you're like, Okay, get it out, get it out. And then and then later um, you know, I will remember you ended up being the song.
0: Oh, okay, that one works too.
1: Courtesy of Andrew Terrell, of course.
0: Time of your life. Oh, well, actually that song's horrible and you should never play that in any remembered situation. You shouldn't play that song in any situation because it's a pile of
1: steam really a- garbage. It's not really a remembrance
0: song, I don't think. Well, it kind of is. They played it at every bar mitzvah at the end of it, and the ones that I went to, fittingly, all the ones but, that I went but, to that were terrible. Anyway, well, that's, we're that's getting off we're it. getting off topic slightly, um, and delaying something that we should mention. Uh, as you know, at Testudo Times, we go through editors quite often because we're all students. Well, I'm not anymore, but most of us are students. And since Ryan, your humble editor, is graduating in May. We need new people to help man the staff of this site with so many great things to talk about. And Thomas is already very young, so he's going to be back in the future. But one of your new editors is joining us tonight. Jared Goldstein, please tell the lovely ladies and gentlemen, the 700 or so people that listen to this show, whatever the clicks we get. uh, Tell them your life story.
2: Well, I was born February 9th, 1997.
0: Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe not that. All right. I'll start much sooner. Um, I'm a multi-platform journalism major at the University of Maryland. I grew up uh, in Westchester, New York, and went to high school in Maryland, and, um, you know, I'm just living life. I'm a sophomore, and, uh, glad to be here.
0: You are glad to be, and we're glad to have you. We have another editor, named Lamar, who you've already seen writing some things, but he could not be with us tonight, uh, but he will be on the show at some point, in the near future. Maybe he didn't want to talk about Mellow Trimble because it makes him sad. Well, because it makes us all sad, even though this is the inevitable that happened, and Thomas, I don't think any of us are shocked at the decision that was made.
1: Um, I wasn't shocked by his decision to declare, because that is what you do when, especially when the they made the rules what they are, which is you can declare and then come back. I am surprised he hired an agent to get it over with now. You know, and because they they made the system kind of for guys like Mello who don't really know where they stand, and you know if they don't have a good combine, you know maybe they're kind of just fringe draftable, fringe even NBA prospects. And you know, I guess I guess Trimble decided, you know, he wanted to go through that, go through with it either way, which <clears throat> is an understandable decision, and it's a fine decision. Well, I think
0: somebody somebody here pointed out that if he came back next year, he'd be 23 years old when he left college, and there isn't really much of a market in the NBA for 23-year-old guards with his skill set. So whether that means he gets to the NBA, slogs it in the D-League, or goes over to Europe or China or something like that, I mean, his decision was kind of made for him. He wasn't going to gain a ton by coming back to Maryland, but he knows that his NBA stock isn't great, but he's got to... Make money while he can make money, I guess. And I think that's why the decision ended up being made and why it ended yeah. up being made so strictly. I don't think he wanted to string himself along like he did last year. That was a long, drawn-out, arduous process that I don't think anybody wants to go through once, let alone twice.
1: Uh, that's that's fair. Um, and it is worth noting that you know they, they lost Robert Carter last year for really the, the same reason. Um, you know, Carter had a year of eligibility left because he registered a year, but he had already graduated and decided that um, he uh, really did need to, you know, just, just start going pro and making money because you only have so long to play professionally. And, well, wherever I, you
0: end up playing professionally. Yeah, wherever
1: it is. And you, you do want to maximize that window.
0: Yes, and for Melo, that window is already a bit shorter considering his age. For a lot of college players, it's not like that, but for Melo, he is a bit older when he came to school. Jared, uh, you didn't see him at Melo's freshman year because you weren't in Maryland yet, although you were in the area. So for you, the last two years when you've seen Melo Trimble playing at Maryland, you've kind of been in there full bore, so to speak. So... A, are you shocked by this decision, and B, then what are you going to remember Mellow Trimble for at Maryland, of the many things that Maryland fans will remember him for?
2: Well, I guess I'll start by by clarifying that I've been uh, a diehard Maryland fan pretty much all my life. Um, okay, so...
0: th- th- this needed to be qualified. See, he yeah, you know, like so... doesn't ask these questions beforehand, he just assumes that stuff will come out during the show. This is what you call no crap, right. ladies and gentlemen.
2: No, no worries here. So yeah, so I've been I've been a diehard fan my whole life. My parents went here. A bunch of other family members went here. So um, I've actually, you know, I've been watching Maryland basketball my whole life, long before Mello Trimble. Um, but but so I guess ex- having experienced all three years and two of them in person of of Mello, um, I guess what I'll remember most is always feeling like. Maryland had a chance to win every game because of Mello. Um, granted, you know some games he wasn't, you know, at the top of his game. But but I always went into a game the last two years as a fan, um, feeling like no matter who the opponent was, uh, we had a chance to win. So that's that's kind of how I'll remember remember him. Um, and just another thing is, is that he was always smiling, which is something that um, that I admire about a player of his caliber. Um, it would be easy to you know just kind of put your head down and, and get frustrated when things don't go well but, but he always seemed to be smiling and you know that was, uh, that was definitely one thing that I remember from him.
0: If, this, if we wouldn't get sued for doing it, this would be a point where you would start playing And I Would Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Mm. Exactly. Yes, it's, it's exactly true. Uh, despite this, there was somebody on Twitter, and we posted it in our, uh, our little chat, and then I went and took matters into my own hands and responded to said tweet. Um, somebody whose name will be mentionless and his place of work will remain uh, nameless You could go check my Twitter timeline if you want to find it Uh, this person said college career might be over but he stopped playing a lot earlier and then he described to me that Mello was catatonic at the end of the Northwestern game and I'm just looking at it like what anyway that's just a random observation from me and somebody else and I think Thomas when we look at his legacy it's really the man who transformed Maryland from and also ran to a program that's back on the map again. He kind of single-handedly did that.
1: Um, I think, you know, we, we, he, he has been the least common denominator, you know, the, the common, the common, you know, bond between the last three teams that, you know, have, you know, as, as kind of a group, I would say, you know, put Maryland back on the map. So definitely you, you do have to give him that credit. I, I don't even know if I would say it was just him, but for sure he had as probably as big a part of it um, as anybody. Um, you know, he's, he's been, you know, very impressive this whole time, and, you know, I guess it was time to go, though.
0: Well, it certainly was time to go. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. There probably will be a few, but even this one, I think Maryland fans are like, you got the three best years you could possibly get out of him, and you kind of mm-hmm. transformed the program back again into what Maryland fans want the program to be as opposed to what it was before he got here. So I don't think anybody's going to be Grudge Bell Trimble. And someday, and it's probably going to be soon, that number two will be retired up at Xfinity Center, which is going to be very, very interesting and a very fun day. There was also another transfer that kind of got buried by this other player departure, I guess we could say, Thomas. And it was Micah Thomas transferring, though. He was this... Recruit that was picked up at the end of the recruiting period last year, very raw player, small forward, only played in the exhibition season, red-shirted this year, and we all thought he was going to play a big role next year, and now he's gone, and it came really as a bit of a surprise.
1: It kind of happened while we were all still kind of processing the mellow thing, and suddenly we learned that, oh, now Micah Thomas is gone. And, you know, people had talked about we don't know you know, how many transfers are going to be. If anybody, Melo's going to leave, we don't know if there's going to be a scholarship open. And in a couple hours, we went to having two of them. Um, and, and Micah Thomas, I, I don't know a ton about, you know, how much he developed um, in practice this year. Um, I do know that he was, you know, a pretty, a pretty good project and definitely had the potential, especially on defense, to be, you know, a great player. Um, it is a shame that if he does do that, it it won't be in a Maryland uniform. Um, interestingly enough, my friend who's in a, a class with several of these freshmen.
0: Oh boy, um, we're going yeah. down this road.
1: Yeah, but but Should Micah we even Thomas say this is on the podcast. In, yeah, well, Micah okay. Thomas is still in class. It, it it that's worth noting. Okay, is that? Oh yeah, yeah you know, all right, that is. It is you know interesting to see where he ends up. I don't. I don't happen to know the rule off the top of my head. If if he'll be eligible he'll anytime soon, of,
0: he'll have four years of eligibility. Though I believe he'll probably, if we're going off this, because he's not a grad transfer, I believe he'll probably have to sit out a year wherever he goes. Which would be then, interesting like, because years. he already
1: missed. He he redshirted this year already. Yep. So I think he would end up with maybe only three.
2: I know. He'll yeah. have to sit if he goes to a Division One school. I have to sit if he goes down a division. He can play immediately. I think.
0: Okay. I mean, I don't know the point of going down a division, but after somebody who's watched a bunch of D3 basketball this year, which, whatever that means. So, Jared, what, what do you think of this move? Because it's really surprising. We figured Thomas, because of Maryland's issues in the front court uh, next season, just looking at the depth chart, we figured that Thomas was going to certainly get some time, and now the big hole in the front court is now becoming a gaping hole.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I always think. Micah Thomas was probably going to be a project. Uh, He was real thin and lanky. Um, To me, he never seemed like a guy who would be anything more than kind of a three and D type guy um, to to probably play that point position uh, in Turgan's diamond pressure system um, when they brought it out, which, in my opinion, wasn't enough. Um, But uh, I think that that the front court is going to be fine uh, with Cowan and Herder, and and you know and, and Daryl Morcel coming in and Jalen Brantley as a backup, and potentially someone else with one of these two open scholarship spots now. So uh, I'm not too worried about the the back court right now. Um, but, You know, I guess we'll see we'll see how those spots get filled.
0: Yes, yeah, the front court issues though, Thomas. With Tommy you know? Micah Thomas, with Thomas, and we're talking about Micah Thomas. Funny how this all connects together. Uh, with Micah Thomas, we figured to play as a sort of three because he's six seven, you know, interesting role. But he would have occupied, I think, more front court minutes, maybe swingy type minutes. But as we mentioned last week, if you listened to the show with Ryan and Matt, uh, the front court's got some holes in it, despite the reappearance of Michael Tchaikovsky and the addition of Bruno Fernando. But now with a couple of scholarship spots open, don't you think that that's going to be an area that Mark Turgeon's going to look at for some grad transfers potentially? It makes a bunch of sense, doesn't it?
1: Oh, for sure. And, you know, hopefully, I haven't, you know, done a ton of uh, scouting the grad transfer market just yet. Um, you know, he's gotten grad transfers in the last two cycles. Um, he got LG Gill, who was at the time seen as sort of one of the better uh, forwards. You know, transfers on the market. It didn't work out as well as obviously anyone really would have hoped. but um, you you do I think that is the position that if you if you do want to go down that route, that's where you want to fill your your hole.
0: I would say so because, as Jared just mentioned, with the fact that Maryland, I think is pretty well suited at guard. And now I don't think there's going to be as much urgency for a Jared Nickens or Dion Wiley to transfer, although I would still think it's possible. We haven't heard about one yet, but I guess there would still be a little bit of time for a move like that to materialize. We speculated about this before, and the only reason why we did was because we figured, with the guard minutes the way that they were, those two being on the outs towards the end of the season, we figured it was certainly plausible, and there's still like guards five and sixth on the depth chart. Uh, I do don't see any way that a guard comes in either via recruiting or via uh, transfers. Do you? I, I just don't think it would make sense at least now, but twenty eighteen nineteen, it will absolutely make sense.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I think certainly no more point guards are coming in, um, but maybe maybe kind of like a a, a wing type player who I, I guess, guess that's kind
0: of the role that Thomas guys, would have fit anyway, like that. right?
1: I think Thomas might have been a slightly more stretch, like more of a stretch four than a 2-3 kind of guy. But because um, he, he's he's another guy with a big wingspan, um, pretty sure. And so, you know, that that would have been a pretty good spot for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you could get kind of a, a sling man kind of guy you know, someone like an MJ Walker seems still interested, but um, yeah, I don't think, you know, certainly no more point guards are coming. I think that is the point you, you would want to get more of a forward.
0: Yes, I can absolutely see that. And uh, Jared, as we look at it uh, next year in terms of who is going to be a senior and graduating uh, you have, as we said, both Brantley and Nickens are going to be seniors. You're obviously also going to have Tchaikovsky as a senior. So, even if they go in next year with uh, one scholarship spot available, they're going to have a lot for 2018-19. And I guess, so to speak, then it maybe changes the way we think next year is going to be. We think this team's probably going to be as good, if not a little bit better anyway, because of the freshmen having another year in the system. But now, how do you think this offseason plays out in terms of Maryland trying to add players?
2: Um, I would definitely say that I I would think that Maryland would add one player with two scholarship spots open. I think they would add at least one more player. Um, And my bet with that would be uh, that that would be a grad transfer. I think MJ Walker, as a a member of the class of 2017, is still interested potentially, uh, but I'm not sure that that would fall into place. Uh, I think a few things would have to happen first. Um, with, uh, with other schools and, and kids declaring for the draft and whatnot, uh, that process is going to play itself out. But I would imagine that uh, Turgeon would look to add uh, a big man um, with his with one of those scholarship spots and just have that um, slot only take up one year and be open again um, going into the following season.
0: Yeah, as you look at 2018-19 with no other transfers or additions. At this point, if it was just straight as it is now, Maryland would have five roster slots open, and they could do a lot with that in 2018-19. And again, also projecting ahead of it, if none of the three freshmen from last year end up leaving to go to the NBA, which I would not assume that that's obviously possible, there's the potential for a really interesting 2018 recruiting class, but that's looking ahead a bit. Speaking of other basketball-related things, Thomas, you went to Bridgeport, and I think you and most of us expected you were going to be there a while. You weren't. What happened?
1: Um. Well, Maryland Woods basketball played its worst game of the season in the single, elation, single elimination tournament at the end of the season, which is not usually a good time. No, for I don't it. think
0: you want to play your worst game of the season in the last game of your season.
1: Yeah, because that just leaves everyone on a you know kind of a sad note, and you know. Brianna Jones, Shatori Walker, Kimbro, for that to be their last game, you know, it it, it stings, and especially even seeing how Oregon played UConn. And I mean,
0: let us be honest. You might not have watched that game, but they got totally rolled over. Yeah, and I mean, that Maryland Oregon, would have at least been somewhat more competitive. We think.
1: Yeah, no, Maryland would have given them a real run. I I stand by that. Um, you know, this this version of Maryland matched up. About as well with with UConn as any other team, um, really in the country, just based on personnel right now, um, which is why you know losing before you had a sh- had your shot at them stings as much as it does. Because Oregon was not is not built to to take them, and I don't know I don't know if I'm that confident in any of the other teams in the Final Four to do that. But I think they'll, I think they'll get two close games because they're all, you know, really solid teams in this Final Four. But I, I just don't know.
0: So, if I'm reading between the lines correctly here, Thomas, you are saying that Maryland, of the teams that are left, of the other three, I guess, had a better chance than all of them to beat UConn. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, especially because South Carolina, at least last I checked, has been playing without their their best center, Elena Coates, who is a player kind of like Brianna Jones that UConn just doesn't have in its lineup, in its starting lineup.
0: Okay. So what went wrong against Oregon? Because I was out on the West Coast and sleeping when that game was occurring.
1: Uh, no, yeah. seriously, that's, that's not an good good excuse. Old, that oh, yeah, no, good old... Good old eight thirty Pacific starting time.
0: Yeah, after going to a game that started at seven thirty Pacific time the night before in the rain, another sport, but it was that was a good night. Uh, the Maryland result was not something I wanted to wake up to.
1: Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, it was it was more really Oregon just really disrupted everything they wanted to do. I guess you know the 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 team just came out flat and didn't make their shot. And then they stopped attempting them. I mean, a team that has, you know, really been able to pride itself on three point shooting this year went 0 for 6. And they just, they stopped even trying. You know, and they would force the ball inside and then, you know, Oregon would jump a passing lane. And that, would, you know, that happened. They turned it over 21 times. So when you don't make a three and you turn it over 21 times, you don't You're gonna really win.
0: Games. Yeah. You're gonna probably Especially
1: lose. at this stage of the tournament.
0: Even though Oregon was a 10 seed. Yes. And I believe what, they, a, what, speaking, what were they?
1: They're a very good team. They are. I'm, they're very, I'm very young really too. To see, yeah, I'm going to be really excited to see what they do in the next couple of years.
0: I believe, what was it in terms of double-digit seeds making the Elite Eight? There are, I mean, for the men, that's not a highly uncommon thing. But in the women's hey, tournament, yeah, it is very play uncommon.
1: Play. I think they might have been the first tendency to make the Elite
0: Eight. I that's know. that's something you can look up on your own time. These are things we didn't want to have to look up on our own time, let's be honest. Uh, set up Maryland's next season for us. Obviously, we know Shatori Walker, Kimbrough, and Bree Jones aren't going to be there, but Destiny Slocum is, and she's amazing, and Maryland still recruits really well. That's something Brenda Freeze has done for many, many years, and apparently it has continued, yes?
1: Uh, actually, uh, they don't have anybody coming in. They don't year. really? No, they they got a six-player class this year, and they have, uh, two recruits lined up for 2018. Wow! But they already have that. a 12. They already have 12 players on the roster for 2017. Oh, I didn't
0: know they that. They do
1: have, they do have Eliana Kristinaki who is a, um, transfer from Florida. She's a mid-season transfer. She'll still be eligible halfway through the year.
0: That's weird. I've never Which heard of that I, before.
1: I mean, you, you see it every now and then. It it is pretty rare for a high profile player to be like that. Even Bender was a mid mid year transfer, and okay. uh, that's why he didn't play until halfway through last season. But so Kristen Aki, after the first semester, will be eligible, which will it, which could lead to um, her first game being against UConn, perhaps.
0: Wait 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 hold good. on. When do they play UConn next year? And where is this game taking that's place? Not, that,
1: that game's in stores, and UConn's going to be so, 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 so good. It, it's not so going to be So this
0: was supposed to be their down year, and yeah. they still might win the national championship, and next year they're going to be ridiculously crazy stacked. Yeah,
1: because next year's team is this year's team plus the number one recruit in the country, plus two very good uh, transfers.
0: Oh, uh, All right, so good luck with that. But in terms yeah. of Maryland, what, what, what are you thinking for next year?
1: Um. So for next year, I think... So Kristinaki will be um I uh, it'll be either Slocum or Kristinaki ended up end, ending up probably being the best scorer. Um obviously, you know, Slocum will have the first half of the season to be that. Um Kyla Charles is coming back. Uh Bree Frazier is probably um the most accomplished big on the team right now, although uh Stephanie Jones and maybe Jenna Stady will make you know, make some noise next year. Um, Kristen Confroy will be back for a senior year. Kiera Leslie should be coming back off a red shirt. So, I mean, th- there is a lot of intrigue with next year's team, but it, it, it won't have the upside that this year's did.
0: So, Jared, you've been quiet for too long. What did you think about the exit of this year's women's team and what their future might look like?
2: Well, having... In all honesty, not not paid a ton of attention to. Well,
0: you're going uh, to Women's now.
2: basketball you're team. Going to I'm now. going to now. Absolutely.
0: This is the um, get the podcast trial by fire.
2: That's fine with me. Um, no, I mean, I guess as a general sports fan, a general Maryland sports fan, um, you know, obviously you know that they're one of the most consistent uh, and good and, and good teams on campus. So, um, you know, I guess I was I was surprised to see the 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 early I guess team is an early exit for them um from the tournament, um especially to what well, oregon was it what a ten seed and eleven seed the double digit seed so um you know it, it was surprising to see that I figured if they were gonna go down it would be to yukon or to to another a top seed um whenever that matchup came so yeah, I guess that was surprising um but you know I guess. With you know Shatori Walker Kimbrough and Brianna Jones are, are leaving, um, but and and they're not bringing anyone in. But with another year of experience um, from some of the younger people from Destiny Slocum, um, I would imagine that you know they they can just kind of reload and give it another shot next year.
0: I don't know if they'll be quite like maybe the last two years kind of good just on paper. But I also don't know, Thomas, how good the Big Ten's going to be because the last couple of years the Big Ten has been, what's the word I'm looking for, trash.
1: I don't even know if I'd say it's been trash, but it's been pretty thin at least. You know, Maryland's, um, you know, Maryland's been one of the better teams. Ohio State, uh, I think Ohio State's probably the favorite next year because Kelsey Mitchell announced this week that she is returning for her senior year um she was eligible actually for the draft but but she is you know i think the early national player of the year favorite uh for next year so that's something to keep an eye on i think honestly ohio state's probably the big 10 favorite and then uh maryland right after that and then michigan a little bit behind that because michigan's returning pretty much their entire core um beyond that there there's there are quite a few question marks um I think a few other teams will make make some noise, but it, there won't be a ton of um, stuff on the national scale outside this is, of those three. This
0: is this is important because when we start yelling about Maryland's seat next year, uh, we're going to have to come back to this conversation at some point, inevitably, because it screwed Maryland over this year. So. I don't know, a couple of years where Maryland basketball teams have been screwed over by seeding. Isn't that wonderful? Alright, let's move on to football. We didn't really think that there would be a ton of football news, uh, but there was. There's a transfer and there have been some practices, Thomas. This also came out rather recently. We're recording this Thursday night. Uh, Corvez Bulware, who was a very highly touted recruit, is transferring, according to some reports. And Bulware figured to have a big role on the offensive line this year because of the transitions and how young it is, but now he's leaving where does that leave Maryland in that position which we used to think was a position of strength for them
1: and I think it it still ought to be um very likely that um maybe Richard Merritt a former blue chip recruit uh ends up there um possible that uh even a freshman like Marcus Minor, um I think has a shot at it but um it is, it is surprising because when Mike Minter left with a year of eligibility uh, still remaining, um, you, you did think that Boulware was on the inside track to have that. And we, we still don't know any uh, reasons for it. Um, obviously, when we find out, we will report it. But um, th- there are several blue chippers still Fighting for spots, so it's not like, um, you know, Maryland make sense.
0: no, but there are now a few more question marks at a position where, in the Big Ten, you don't really want to have question marks. You know, Maryland, oh, of course, we've, we've we've said Maryland has recruited the offensive line well for years and years and years, and this is true. But I guess the other thing is, is Bullware, of course, was a Randy Edsel recruit. Uh, he didn't get a ton of playing time. Sure, so he got I think six appearances, which isn't a lot. So maybe he figured he wasn't on the ups with the new coaching staff, which is still definitely a possibility. And there are a lot of new kids coming in that they might have their eyes on. And, of course, because they'll play freshmen and they don't care, uh, there was a chance that freshmen such as the guys you mentioned, Marcus Minor, among others, would jump him. So I guess that's certainly plausible. And there was, I believe, a practice recently, yes,
1: yeah, I mean, they've had now five practices, and there was an open practice today. That, that was the key um, one, because they've had practices, yeah, that, that, no one knows that, anything that, about yeah, it. The important, the important practice is the open practice, because that's where people like us show up.
0: Yes. So what um, did you see, or did they hold anything back? Is Caleb Henderson a real person?
1: Caleb Henderson is a real person? This is good I mean, news, I knew, I knew, because this, we've
0: only talked as a fairy tale, like a, a person that may exist. You know, He's like uh, the Yeti. Well,
1: Went to high school with him. I knew him. Oh okay. so,
0: well you know yeah. more than anybody else about this because every time I've talked about Caleb Henderson it was sort of a mysterious yes. figure in the ether kind of talk.
1: Yeah, and, and as a tease, I will be writing about, hey, I went to high school with this kid and now he's the quarterback. Ooh,
0: you should definitely stay tuned for that on TestudoTimes.com yeah. whenever that appears.
1: Yeah, so so I talked to him today and that was fun. I mean he he's been he seems really excited, you know, he's is a similar offense to the one that UNC ran um, a similar offense, even the one that like Braddock ran when, when Caleb was there. So, um, you know, he, he seems really excited. He's, he's getting, he's getting reps with the ones. Obviously it's, it's still very early and Kasim Hill hasn't even showed up yet. Um, but, but all signs do look like, you know, this is, you know, this is Caleb's best shot he's had at a job. Um, you know, he's he's played behind Marquise Williams and Mitch Trubisky before, um, Both but now of them it's turned just, out to be
0: somewhat decent college quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, decent. One of them might be a pretty good pro quarterback. We'll see. Uh,
0: one that if your team takes, I'd actually still be a little bit terrified. But this is not about drafting NFL players, anyway. Yeah, I
1: mean, but <laughs> you, but you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. So so the good next guy player. in
1: that line. The next guy in that line is now at Maryland.
0: This is, this is true. Uh, Jared, did you go to this practice? And even if you didn't, uh, what do you think about the transfer moves and what we might be seeing at some of these practices now that the media is allowed to go to them?
2: I did not. Unfortunately, I had class today. Oh, um, it's so a likely excuse. Ryan, yeah, Ryan know, and you, Thomas you know were... Teachers,
0: you know your teachers are probably going to be okay with I have to go to the weekly Wednesday press conference so you skip classes. This is a thing that they will yeah. likely be okay with next year. Just, just in case you haven't picked your classes yet.
2: That's fair. My, uh, my class, my teacher yesterday was cool with me missing it, uh, missing most class for them, pro most day. most of so. them
0: were slash are at least the ones that I had were cool with me skipping stuff to go do news reporting things. More inside, a, Yeah, more, I mean, more, more inside baseball stuff on this podcast, in case you care, how students who are also journalists uh, organize their lives.
1: But also when we when we have other people like me and Ryan, we didn't have class. So it, it, it yeah, worked I, out. Yeah,
0: I know. It's it, it, you, you works. know what I mean. We're works getting it up on Jared because it's his first show. We gotta haze him somehow. <laughs> anyway, continue.
2: That's all right. I can handle it. Um so <laughs> so no, your question was was what about well, what transfers you think and
0: Bulwares transfer and what do you think about <laughs> what we have heard from the only open practice that we've had? If you could take anything from such a thing.
2: Okay, yeah. So I think if there was one position group on the maryland football team that could withstand somebody transferring out it was the offensive line i think that is the one position group on the team that has been recruited consistently well um even prior to dj durkin's arrival uh you know there are guys on that line that are that are former blue chip recruits and that are even three star guys or, or, or lower rated guys who kind of materialized into serviceable linemen. And I think that when Durkin showed up last year and pulled in Richard Merritt and Terrence Davis, um, you know, that just kind of continued that pipeline of, of good offensive linemen coming to Maryland. And now uh, this class of 2017 that brought in uh, Tyron Hunt, Johnny Jordan. Jordan McNair and Marcus Minor, you know, it, it just goes to show, you know, that's that's what three, three, four and four. So what is that? I don't do math. Fourteen stars in, in four players. So, um, you know, that's that's a, a place where losing a guy is not a huge deal. You know, we'll go ahead and, and wish Corpez you know, the best wherever he ends up. Um, but it's not it's not something that I think Maryland fans should lose sleep over. And I haven't been filled in too much on what was going on at practice, but I would imagine that it was, you know, up-tempo. I would imagine Maryland's going to try to play a little bit faster this year. Uh, That was something that Walt Bell preached uh, when he got here and that they weren't able to do as well as they wanted last year with – the personnel that they had but now they have uh, a full class of their guys so to speak in the system and their guys now have been here two years in the system so i would imagine that you know we'll, we'll see a little more tempo from the team this year and in open practices going mm-hmm. forward
0: how many more open practices are there before the spring game thomas
1: There are three, and then the spring game is the 22nd of April. Okay,
0: so we'll have four more practices to talk about football-related things. And, of course, stay tuned for the Caleb Henderson piece, where Thomas proves that he is, in fact, a real person. A couple of other minor things we should mention before we go. Bracket challenge still going on, though Maryland's long gone, and most of our brackets have been utterly, and totally destroyed. Your leader currently has 88 points, but as I am checking right now his national champion has been eliminated so there's a lot of hope for some of you i'm somewhere in like the 120 range after a really good first days everything went horribly wrong and i'm presuming that's about what happened to everybody else you had a couple of good days and then it just went to hell
2: i would like to defend myself for a moment in this bracket challenge
0: you can't defend defend your nonsense on this you can go defend that on twitter where nonsense like that is peddled for a living. You're not defending it on this podcast. I'm sorry. Don't care if it's your first episode. Uh, By the way, there's one other thing from our bracket challenge that I wanted to mention, and I never got a chance to mention, and I think it's hilarious considering how much we all love Ken Palm on this show. Somebody actually decided to just go on through the matchups and then pick the highest team left in Ken Palm. And the guy went 41 for 60, and his national title game was Gonzaga, North Carolina. That's just Ken Palm. That's not somebody picking. He might have actually believed it, but that's just Ken Palm. So that's a very reasonable national title game to expect. So, again, Ken Palm wins, everybody. Sorry. Uh, and finally, uh, we should also talk about the sports in the spring that are going on. Thomas, please uh, fill me in on what has happened.
1: Um, well, uh, while all of the Melo Trimble and Micah Thomas stuff was going on, Maryland women's lacrosse, uh, beat number three, Florida, on a Wednesday afternoon, 18-8. to eight. So they beat
0: the number um, three team in the country by 10. They might be good yeah. at what they do. A
1: little bit. Uh, great day to be a Terp. Um, that's a Kathy Reese catchphrase, apparently. Um, I can
0: see that. But,
1: but yeah, um, men's lacrosse got a good win over UNC over the weekend. Um,
0: by the way, we should mention too. this because our one of our running jokes on the show is that Rutgers is bad as everything. Uh they were number one in a sport, which I can't believe actually happened, and then they lost to Delaware. So this is a lesson to you all. Don't make Rutgers number one in anything. Thank you. You can continue Or you
1: can or if you do, which is a you know, if you do, just expect chaos and, and Yes. And the
0: and the fabric of the space time continuum to explode. If anyway, they're number
1: one for while that might happen but you know maybe it's number one
0: in football but anyway ooh, continue on with uh continue Chris on with, with what you've been Chris talking Ash about
1: have to do some do some real cool stuff there
0: spam um, by the spam anyway continue on what you were talking about sorry
1: um yeah baseball took two out of three from michigan that was a thing uh maryland softball allegedly played a game um and what else?
0: Also, what? didn't something crazy happen with Florida, who Maryland once beat this season somehow?
1: Yeah, I mean Florida had like a little a little shovy match with, with Auburn. And it's it's the second most embarrassing thing that's happened to Florida this season.
0: <laughs> True. Remember folks, it just means more in the SEC. Jared, do you have anything to comment on uh, Spring Sports?
2: No, I just I didn't know if you guys know that the context behind that Florida Auburn scuffle. We're not is a actually...
0: Florida or Auburn podcast, but I guess it was interesting. So why not? Yeah, no, just Maryland beat them.
2: Just real quick. No, it was, it was funny to uh, to know that the the girl who got shoved, or however you want to look at it, her older sisters used to play for Florida and were dismissed by that coach so there was existing bad blood there um that was i think uh what i read it is what kind of led to her not wanting to high-five him and his subsequent uh push
0: nice so you get more information about florida and auburn softball on a maryland sports podcast than you will in most places That's what we do here on this show, folks. Uh, Anyway, that's about all we have time for as the cold medicine continues to kick it even further. Jared, how did you think your first show went?
2: I think it was really good. Uh, I really did want to want to explain myself for that that Maryland kick, Uh -uh. but but if you if you you say no, then it's your thing. So go ahead. You
0: have a chance to do that. I'm gonna shove Nyquil down your throat. There's no explaining that. Sorry. Okay. No Uh, problem. Thomas, how how do you do?
1: Uh, I, I thought he did pretty well um I think his Maryland pick was a totally reasonable pick I'm sure um, reasonable
0: if you were like me hyped up on cold meds
1: yeah yeah i, I don't I don't know the I don't know why, why he did, but I'm sure he had his reasons um I just anyway. wanted to
2: show the fans that that I meant business you know that i'm i'm a, you I'm, don't a real your I'm a credentials. real Maryland
0: you you're more of a Maryland fan than the guy who said Mellow Trimble was catatonic against northwestern. You don't need That's to much, prove yourself. Much.
1: He's more of a Maryland fan than that guy and Mike Francesa. We you know.
0: Yes. Or maybe more I it's gonna make a Frank Isola joke, but let's not do that. Um anyway. <laughs> uh it's easy, it's easy pickings. Uh thank you both for being here. You will hear a lot more from Jared in the weeks and months ahead. You will also hear from Lamar at some point in the future. And if more basketball news comes out, and I'm pretty sure we haven't heard the last of basketball news for a while. You will definitely hear about it on this podcast. Also, again, be sure to tune in for Thomas' interview with Caleb Henderson because you really won't get that anywhere else. And otherwise, enjoy the week ahead. But, of course, go Terps.